Uh, hey, patrons, this is a story-only episode. I think, like, these are the best to create a playlist, uh, like an all-night playlist. So if you listen to the show a lot, uh, if you're a dollar patron, you get one of these a week. If you're a $5 patron, you get two of these a week. If you're a $10 patron, you get somewhere between three and four a week. So it makes it really easy to have a lot of stuff to listen to. And if you don't like uh, the intro music or the thank yous and you want to skip those, uh, that's kind of one of the best ways to do it is just combine the story-only episodes with all intro episodes. Uh, so that's it. Thanks so much. And uh, on with the show. All right. So we're talking uh, season one, episode 11 and 12, starting with episode 11. What's my motivation? And uh, really, uh, it, it sounds like a line from like a classic, like a classical actress, uh, like a femme fatale would say that to a director. Yeah, but yeah, so it opens with, uh, let's see, what's my motivation? Bigger than pocket. Oh, there's a bigger, oh, there's on Michael's desk is something that's bigger than a pocket watch. Uh, he's with the ethics team. Final point totals. Oh, Eleanor came in 64, oh no, number six with uh, 2 million. Five hundred thirteen thousand six hundred fifty-four. I don't know if we ever got Cheedy score. Cheedy is number sixteen in the neighborhood. Who are the people in our neighborhood? In our neighborhood, well, Cheedy's in our neighborhood with one million nine hundred forty-eight thousand six hundred sixty-eight. We know that Gianu, uh, 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 Jason, is second. I can't remember his point totals. And then 321 out of 322 people, I think, is uh, Tahani. She has, still has 997,485. Probably a bit of a burn for her to be under a million. Uh, let's see. Michael's desk. He's with the ethics team. Final point totals. Eleanor, six. Uh, crazy high Eleanor. That's uh, funny. I put the formula question mark. Uh, oh, and then he says the average. He says roughly. I said, what kind of angel uses the term roughly when it comes to mathematics? I said, you, you, you're rocking my Euclidean ideals here, Michael. I don't know what that means, by the way, yeah, but I just thought it sounded good. Uh, he says the average for a resident up there is 1,222,821. So that's really not that bad for uh, Tahani because she's only like 300,000 below average. Eleanor, on the other hand, she has negative 4,008 points, which I think underlies her point that it's like, hey, what about a medium place? Negative 4,000 to me, that's pretty medium. Uh, negative five points. Cubase, negative five points. Oh, smug. I don't know what that means. Uh, but uh, then Eleanor gets, uh, I think maybe she loses five points for saying something about a caboose or something snarky uh, or something. Then she's holding the door and waving. I think that's, what it, I, 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 hopefully I have it written down here. Tahani says how many points that's worth. Um, let's see, I think I have it in here. But she's holding the door and waving. I would say that should give her a lot of points. I mean, I would like, I love when people, that's my move is waving and uh, holding doors. Uh, 
And I just said, well, okay, that's not getting any points. I think it's worth like something like 10 points maybe. Uh, let's see. I know it's tedious. Oh, no, three points. And she said, if you do it for everyone in the neighborhood, that's a 1,000 points. So 1,000 divided by three, I believe, is like 333.3333, you know, a bunch of threes. So that means there's like 300, whatever, even a number that splits by uh, by two, if they're going to have, uh, it, it, you know, how come, I mean, I'm, I'm not like a, they always have um, one person. I mean, I guess once you watch the whole season, but uh, what do they call them? Life uh, go. What are the people called? Life goals. Uh, the person you're supposed to love forever. Uh, I'm not kidding. My brain is totally drawn a blank. Uh, they say, Cheaty, this is your love lifer. Your uh, pair, your perfect match. It's not. It's something like that. Uh, I'll think of it, but how come there's no poly ones? I mean, really, I, I, I would, I, I mean, maybe in the next season there is. I don't know, because they just really, they cover, they're very, like, they're very open-minded and they cover a lot of things. Uh, Tahani does not know what Walmart is. Uh, she has a teal, a small teal planner. Not really a planner, though, Scoots. It was more of a, it kind of seemed like something, like it had a, a place for a small steno pad. And it was more for taking notes, but it was nice. But it just, it didn't, like, I guess it maybe I don't know, a tutor, what does that say, versus a Spice Girls. Someone versus a, oh, uh, the Spice Girls and Archbishop Desmond Tutu had a falling out that T- Tahani had to deal with. Uh, GD and Eleanor, I love your awkwardness. I don't know what that means. Jason's wedding ring is like off the charts. I put, is that a wedding ring? Uh, like, question mark. Huge. And um, she's, Michael's not my dad. So much gold. I mean, if you're not watching the show, uh, do it tomorrow. Uh, how many tongues would you want me to kiss you with? Uh, I'm not a girl. So uh, Jason and Pillboy talking the top ten swap cities and guac money and showing their best friends. Uh, Amy Kuda from uh, uh, from uh, who played uh, Tinkerball uh, like a while back and a show that had a huge influence on this podcast. Did I say a show that had a few food influence on this podcast or a huge influence on this podcast? Uh, she was on the Guild. She was one of the stars of the Guild, so check that out. Uh, they're talking turkey, though. Uh, cafe, frog issues, uh, Glenn. Oh, chicken soup Glenn's in this one. Lemonade and cookies is what uh, uh, Tahani serves at a focus groups, uh, so I'd say. But they're having a the focus group at Eleanor's house. She said, that was an interesting decision. Uh, but it makes sense because then uh, Tahani says, well, this will be the fourth most important party I've ever th- thrown. Like, instead of taking a focus group, they're going to have a... Uh, and I said, man, I know that they're going to leak out the other top three. That'll be cool to find out what the top three over time. Maybe I missed a couple already. Uh, Michael and Janet, uh, his tie is like some kind of, oh, he's with Janet. It's like a gold feather, like not gold though, more of a bronze, like a bronze age bronze, like feather tie. I mean, towards the, towards the center, it gets green, really nice. Oh, I put here almost amber. 
in a very yellow pocket square, uh, like a royal type yellow to a gold. And he sends uh, <laughs> Janet to her void. Then they're going through uh, who's going to be at the party. Uh, and Chidi uh, um, uh, has uh, flashcards for everybody. Uh, they're phonetically, they have phonetic names on them and also other info I couldn't read. I probably do love her. Is uh, motivation correct? So there's a seed planted here because uh, they're talking about love of real Eleanor versus fake. You know, Chidi and Eleanor talking love. And he plants the seed, like, is my motivation co- correct? Which is, a uh, pays off, uh, secure score. Oh, her score goes up by 20 points. Uh, cause I think just cause she helped, uh, Chidi make a dis- like, uh, figure stuff out maybe. I don't know why. And he has a big smile. He's standing by the shrimp, Chidi. Big jumbo shrimp with a jumbo smile. Uh, real... Oh, real Jianyu, oh, uh, and uh, fake Jianyu, uh, uh, or Jason and real Jianyu have uh, the same IQ, but uh, real Jianyu had become, like, enlightened at age seven, so he'd stopped learning then. What does this say? I love bowls. Uh, Sayer uh, chilies 50 times. Let me take a look here in the... Uh, Sayers Chili's, it does not make any sense. Uh, okay, so we got you. Oh, he also says, I was pretty successful. That was uh, so good. Uh, what did he do 50 times? Okay. Such fear. Uh, that was who was the first one. Don't overthink it. Uh, score went up by 20 points. Uh, you have the exact same IQ. Oh, he saw red hot chili peppers fifty times. That makes sense. Uh, saw, but I have a Y in there. Chilies uh, fifty times. What does he love though? He loves bowls. Uh, oh, he oh he he had his, okay. That makes sense. It's a little bit like uh, deciphering things. He lo- Jason did have a. Uh, now, they didn't describe his personalized license plate, but it was that he loved B-U-T-T-S's. Uh, and I said, okay, well, I'd like to know, I'd like to see that license plate to say, was it I space L-O-V-E space B-U-T-T-S-S? Or was it I, you know, L-U-V or I heart you can get sometimes? Was it, a, did he capitalize the B and butts or are all, all license plates capitalized? I don't know these questions. You know, hey, did you use some, I guess probably it's not as easy to read for lowercase. And again, uh, Jason comes through for us because he can still help Michael relax when he touches him on his chest. Uh, and uh, then we see Pillboy with his uh, golf dimple hat. Uh, Jason is in a purple crushed tracksuit. I would love, I mean, I said, man, where do you buy one of those? I could use that. I'd probably get too hot. But still, uh, Swansea, uh, safe company. There's a Jamaica drink there. I think Megan A is, is uh, playing the, the clerk, uh, the, my favorite writer on the show. What does this say? DiGiorgio or something. They put Megan A in the house. Lovely. 
party, holy yellow dress. I said, honey, like, uh, resplendent as always, but extra resplendent in this yellow. There was the macaroons, the sandwich macaroons, which it turns out we'll investigate that later. I mean, I'm definitely probably pronouncing it wrong, but there's a tree of those sandwich macaroon cookies or macaroon, I don't know, macaroons, whatever you call them. Two kids, Madeline's coconuts. Why does two kids, what's two kids mean in there? I don't know what the two kids is in there for. Megan A's name tag says Susan. Uh, 12.30, Michael gives his speech. Definitely, there's, oh, in the background, there's like a punch bowl fountain. It's the fanciest thing ever seen. Like, uh, it was gold and uh, silver. It had flowers at the top. It frosted yellow, like red light behind glass in the middle of the fountain. This was just for serving drinks or something. Uh, Tahani says that Eleanor is the Walmart of friends. Uh, B-Day Nefect Glenn laughs. Oh, Bo, Bo, nobody, Bo, nobody's perfect. Bo-Buddy's nerfic, uh, Eleanor says. And Glenn's the first person to laugh. Uh, Chicken Soup Glenn. Uh, first humor sucks up there. What does that mean? Glenn laughs uh, first. Oh, humor. Oh, humor must suck there. That's what I put. Uh, Glenn laughs first. Uh, Thirty-nine ninety-three, 39.93, still, that's what Eleanor's point total is. But Eleanor figures out, it's about motivation, man. Then he put, does it mean, oh, so this did cause me a little bit of a personal dilemma, because I said, does it mean, like, does Eleanor's realization, I guess because I like to, you know, learn all my life lessons from uh, comedy to, like, uh, sitcoms anyway, that's how I always did it as a kid. He said, does that mean that it has no real moral value if your motivation isn't correct? Like, if you're doing moral things, like, uh, does it have no moral value? And I put, what about fake it till you make it? Uh, then Eleanor has a new plan with uh, T-shirts and notes uh, with Bo Buddy's Nerf shirts uh, that reminded me of my Spam shirt. They seem like the colors of the brand for Spam. I guess maybe because Michigan, uh, maybe they're Michigan colors. Uh, someone behind the show went to Michigan, or or maybe uh, I don't know. Or I, I guess Eleanor is supposed like I assume out the character Eleanor did. Uh, Jason slept in his dad's office in Michael's office. It uh, gave me a kick. It also reminded me of my brother-in-law, who's married to my sister. He was big on call, but even before him and my sister were married. He, uh, I, I wish everybody could spend time with me, my family. Uh, because I can't do it justice. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people in my family, like my dad, is pretty awkward like me. My sister's husband is a very Gregorious, uh, friendly person. And he was really looking forward to calling my parents mom and dad. And I think I, mean, I think it was before they were married, maybe at another wedding. Yeah, he said, hey, listen, like, yeah, because my, my sister wasn't there. So he was, like, out to lunch with my parents, uh... And he said, hey, uh, I think it's time for me to start calling you, you guys uh, mom and dad now. What do you think, mom and dad? And they, my parents love, love him very much. I won't say his name. Uh, but uh, uh, And uh, I think they got a kick out of it. But it was also like a little, like, uh, you know, we have in- intimacy issues uh, or vulnerability issues, whatever it is. 
uh, Michael, uh, my pen ran out of ink here, but Jason has slept at Michael's office. Uh, he's got a gray pocket square and a, like a black watch tie, that black watch pattern. Then J- then we see how Jason, Jason goes to the big farm. Uh, Jason is her first love. Uh, Jason is Janet's first love. Uh, it, who doesn't like leggings, his pants, and genocide? I think that's, uh, huh, who is that? Oh, yeah, this is, uh, Janet. She's becoming aware, so she says, yeah, I don't like leggings, his pants, and that other thing. Uh, he was also teaching her the Dorito flavors. Then another out. I don't know who goes out. Maybe that was when, uh, Jason goes out. Yeah, then we see that Eleanor's total has reached 1,362,322. And uh, we're at the town square. And a side we don't really get a lot of views of. So we see Celestial Perk. Uh, so we see Celestial Perk, uh, Warm Blankets. Uh, oh, they're going to head to the neutral zone. Finally, a medium place, uh, which is good news for, for a lot of us. Uh, and low pajamas, Jason, uh, then Jason's there, but he's in a more of a mud rust colored warm up suit. Uh, C arrives. What does that mean? C arrives at uh, jetpacks and such. Uh, sweatsuit arrives. Sweatsuit C arrives. It's always a mystery. This, uh, I don't really know what C arrives mean. Uh, with jetpacks and such, that's another store. And uh, so, so, oh, train arrives, but train doesn't start with the letter S. Oh, Sean, there we go. I knew I'd figure it out. S E A, and that could be an N. It could be also S E C, but it's Sean. The uh, judge shows up. Uh, they take Sean's uh, tr- train as uh, episode twelve. Uh, then we go into episode 12. Maybe they didn't take Sean's train yet. I don't know. But uh, episode 12 is a really good opening because uh, it starts, uh, I think it starts, I can't remember the music now. I didn't write it down. I think it's uh, My Way. And Eleanor's walking through a, um, a like a supermarket, like a regular supermarket. And not, it seemed like a regular one, not a chain one. Just because those ones are just more chill. Like, uh, I don't know. They have, some, you know, they have something about them that non They haven't been vanilla and sanitized to like where you say, I don't know. I can't. I can, all they can do is impulsively buy things in this place. Like an independent grocery store, you're more likely to have your other emotions creep in. Like Eleanor is in the scene or she's more numb. Yeah, the name of this episode is Mindy St. Clair. Eleanor buys a bottle of Basero Basurio tequila, which Basura means trash. Uh, Lonely Gal Margarita Mix for one. And it's, there's a car- cartoon character in the bottle who says, you don't need them any- anyway. Uh, we stay with the shrimp theme. Eleanor buys 99-cent shrimp. Uh, at the checkout, Tahani's on the cover of uh, International Sophisticate uh, with a dove in her hand. And the name of the article is uh, Not Just Camilla's Sister. And I guess it probably Tahani paid for that. Uh, or, you know, she probably just, you know, did some kind of sponsored content. 
We also learned this was an awkward episode to watch with a 11 year old. Uh, you think maybe the last one too. Uh, but, uh, we learned that Eleanor loves watching wedding fails on YouTube. But then we see how Eleanor goes out to the big farm. She uses the term whale humper. That was classic. Uh, then J- they're on the train, and Jason already forgot where they were going. And Eleanor says, a medium place. And Jason says, can we stop at 7-Eleven? I need gum, a fool brush, oh, football cards. A fo- it looked like I said fool brush, which I don't know, or a foot brush. But football cards and scratchy tickets. Also, there's a caboose, and the, there's there's the engine, one train car in the caboose. And then we learn things that Jason thinks are S-E-X-Y, because he's been teaching Janet about those things. Lamborghinis, uh, spinning rims, 20,000 followers on Instagram, uh, lollipops, latex pants, Carl's Jr.'s ads, and... Uh, S-E-X-Y without the Y, you know, blushing time, baby. Let's see. Uh, Oh, gee, uh, this was interesting. I put uh, two question marks after it. Uh, Sean says he's there to try case 0, 0, 0, 0, I think four zeros. I can look at three. And I said, okay, double question mark, because they said, who, okay, we'll, we'll find out later in this episode, so it's not a spoiler, that Mindy St. Clair, I presume, is uh, 00002. And so then, I, I I don't know if in season two, I haven't seen all of season two yet, is, uh, is do we get to find out who is it, 00001? And was there zero 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 zero? Uh, bad Janet uses the term jabronis. Uh, pawns back at Michael's desk. Uh, uh, cold hard facts. That's what Sean likes. He also likes cocoons. Uh, when we get to Nindy, Nindy, Mindy St. Clair's neighborhood, her neighborhood is neighborhood NA, N uh, slash A. So I don't know if that's not available or not applicable. They didn't know the difference. I didn't. I didn't look that one up. Uh, Janet says she's out of range. Uh, and first, Janet says, "I love walking." And then, very quickly, like a, a child, she says, "I don't like walking." Then we get to see Mindy's welcome video, where we get a little bit of her backstory. Trevor shows up on a BMX bike. I thought that was great. Uh, uh, he also is wearing a Top Gun jacket, warm beer, uh, Eagles live covers of almost every song. So she, she's going to spend, Mindy St. Clair is in the medium place, I guess. It's eternal mediocrity. That is different than the medium place, I think. Uh, Mindy's been there for 30 years. She was a lawyer in the 1980s. She started a charity she says, don't buy into this morality nonsense. Then we get to a view of uh, Eleanor's 29th birthday at work. She was, uh, they brought her a chocolate frosted cake, but Eleanor seems to prefer well, a cake with white and pink frosting. Yeah, Sean wants the whole story. Not sure what that means. Most of them remain emotionless, like Kristen Stewart on the red carpet. 
That said 1021. And that's okay. That's like straight out of the podcast. Really fun. Really great scene. Do yourself. I think that's at 1021. I'll, I'll know in a second because I'm like uh, watching the show uh, out of the corner of my eye. Then they could do Eleanor's Memories Reviewed. They're in her house for that. Uh, Sean says, I've been asleep in goo for 29 years, like in his cocoon. That's when I put, so was Mindy's case uh, 0002? Oh, because I put two and two together. Is 29 minus 30. I don't know why they, I guess they say, well, then maybe Mindy's case was number two. Okay. So then we see, like, they put up a screen with some of, uh, uh, Eleanor's uh, things she's done. She heckled mall Santa's nine times. She took a selfie in the restroom at her aunt's funeral. Uh, 224 times she stuck gum in public places. Uh, she gave a B rating to a restaurant so it would be less busy. She took a scarecrow from a fall foliage display. This is when it, I, I love writing like that uh, from a fall, like so specific uh, to put in her car for, so she could go in the HOV lane. Uh, she lied about her age so she could eat off the kids menu. Uh, she uh, under under the influence adopted dogs twice and then, you know, didn't un- unadopted them. Sneezed at the salad bar 12 times, uh, 88 times youth fundraiser. I don't know what the rest of it is. I'll have to look here. Oh, actually, I won't be able to find it. She probably, like, 35 times of, uh, she spoiled movie endings 35 times. She gave the birds a bird, the middle finger in traffic, uh, 823 times. And then when she was not in traffic, she flipped people off 120 times. Uh, Eleanor adds a picture of her friend. Oh, yeah, so Eleanor brought, a, like, a, a tote bag, actually, with her. And she has pictures of uh, Chidi, uh, I think, uh, um, I don't know who else, uh, Tahani, maybe Tahani and Jason. And she has her own books. Uh, she gets to choose between Cannonball Run 2 and the making of Cannonball Run 2. I wonder what that youth fundraiser, 88 times youth fundraiser. I think she like took things from a youth fundraisers or, or, or bargained them down or something. Uh, Janet and Jason are trying to consummate their wet or their marriage. Uh, then we see 24th birthday. Oh, and, and Eleanor's 21st birthday. She cr- crashes someone's quinceanera with an air horn. But Chidi still believes she's worth it. Uh, and he says, I, I helped her to, to, to Sean. And then uh, Tahani says, I helped her too. That's what friendship is. That's what friends are for. You know, keep smiling. It, it, like, really, Eleanor doesn't know, but she could always count on them for sure. Uh, Sean, Eleanor, and Jason, bad place. Oh, Sean says, you know what? Eleanor and Jason got to go to the bad place. I don't care. He enters the walkie-talkie protocol. Uh, what does this say? Web protocol, web or something. Oh, then we see uh, Janet and uh, Jason Sutra pictures. These are some of the things they're planning. Web crawler, triple-double. Yeah, those are just two. I think there's one or two more coming up, maybe. A couple I wouldn't, you know. 
Uh, Chidi and Tahani, they, uh, Sean says they're not innocent either. Oh, Leapfrog and Merry-Go-Round, those were two other positions they were contemplating. We don't really know about, a lot about Janet's anatomy or J- Jason's knowledge of any anatomy. Uh, Eleanor and Bag. Oh, she's, she starts packing up her tote bag. She uses a great line, what we owe each other. Oh, no, that's a book she's putting in her bag, what we owe each other. Uh, both J- Jason and Mindy St. Clair say, don't do it. Um, Mindy Sinclair, you just got to watch it for the comic relief. Uh, she has a lot of, um, vase or what are those called? Urns around her house. I didn't really, I haven't really studied her house, but it, it comes up. We'll see it again. 1645. This was killer. Michael comes in dressed as Janet, uh, with the final food for, uh, uh, cause they say, oh, cause at some point Sean says, you know, if, if, uh, Eleanor and Jason don't come back, Chidi and Tahani, you got to go to the bad place. And I guess Michael's assuming they're not going to come back. So he comes with their final food, dresses Janet with frozen yogurt with sprinkles on there. And uh, Tahani says, I don't know how I'm going to deal with the uh, tap water and knock off handbags. And, uh, uh, Jason or uh, Chidi says, you gotta be kidding me, right? That's what you think it's going on at the bad place. I just saw one of Eleanor's coffee cup. I think it said, uh, oh, maybe it was Andy's coffee, the place, uh, and it has her name on it from Andy had been in like, uh, Eleanor's boyfriend, boyfriend in like Andy's coffee. Cause Andy was a, uh, you know, J E R K. Uh, then they're trying to, Eleanor's trying to get Janet to leave and start to train. And she uses a fast and furious term, ride or not ride protocol. Uh, also, we find out Jason has a phobia about the movie Ratatouille. And, and, uh, that was hilarious. Uh, make things tolerable, not moral. Seems to be the Mindy Sinclair and Jason way. And Eleanor says, you know what? No way. We got to own up. Then we meet Doug and Donna Shellstrop. And we learn that they're like her mom. Donna's a WrestleMania fan. Her dad's just uh, lame. He's watching basketball. I couldn't tell if it was NBA or college basketball. Uh, Eleanor has him sign her emancipation papers. I can't remember how. I couldn't tell how old she was, like 12 maybe or 14. I don't know. Like, uh. I think she already had a couple jobs, uh, but she did say she had to fake her age to get her first job or second job. But she's ready to move out on her own. Her mom also likes drinking rosé or blush via through a straw. Oh, here's where everybody's talking slow. Yeah, there's 12 minutes left in the video. So that is the right time uh, that I said before. Yeah, then they say, okay, we're going back. Uh, and they get back, uh, Eleanor and Jason, but the time is up. Oh, no, the clock ends before they get back. And uh, Sean says, put on these fedoras uh, to Honey and uh, Chidi. You're going to the bad place. And then they get back. Oh, I just saw, like, yeah, so it was like uh, like getting hassled by, hassling youth at uh, fundraisers. That's what it was. Uh, uh, selling various items at fundraisers. Um but yeah, so Sean says, okay, then they get back. Sean sighs. He's got a great sigh there. Really good at uh, uh, seeming annoyed. 
then uh, he says, I just want to go back, get back in my goo and go to sleep. I said, Sean, you should listen to this thing. And he gives him 30 minutes to decide who's going to the bad place uh, out of the four of them. Uh, Jason, Eleanor, uh, Tahani, or Chidi. And the episode comes to a close. Uh, so this is a pretty good episode. Now we'll run through some facts that I had to look up here. Right, so we're going to start off with a Wikipedia article, Wikipedia article on fedoras, because uh, they said, I don't know, I probably have looked up a fedora before for this podcast, but then I said, I don't know, like, uh, you know, I know when I see it, but that's not, we can't, you know, we, we got to dig a little bit deeper. And so, and this is already useful, a fedora is a hat with a soft, I said, well, that was what uh, uh, Justin Timberlake used to wear. Or, you know, that's what they say. What's a fedora? Scoots, tell us what a fedora is. A hat that was once on Justin J. Timberlake, uh, but not anymore, probably. I mean, maybe five years from now, but currently, uh, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, uh, but that's what I say. Okay. He, like, he looks good in a fedora or did. Maybe if those are fedoras, I don't know. But not many people, I'm like, who else could pull that off? Like, just off the top of my head, uh, well, I don't know. Let's just, it's a soft a hat with a soft brim and an indented crown. It typically creased lengthwise down the crown and pinched near the front on both sides. They could also be creased with teardrop crowns, diamond crowns, center dents, and others. And the positioning of the pinches can vary. Typical crown height, though, 11 centimeters, 4.5 inches. And the brim can usually be 2.5, 6.4 centimeters wide, but maybe wider. It could be left raw-edged, uh, like left is cut. Those would be the ones you wear at, like, a Jimmy Buffett concert. Or, you know, you see, like, uh, 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 or finished with so- sewn overwelt or underwelt or bound, bound with a trim ribbon. Uh, stitched edge means that there's one, two, or more crowns of rows of stitching radiating inland, inward towards the crown. The Kavanaugh edge, both words capitalized, is a welted edge with invisible stitching to hold it in place, and is a very expensive treatment that can be no longer performed by modern hat factories. So that's how you get a, you get a, you know, you're getting a bespoke hat if it has that on there. Uh, many, let's see, now, don't confuse them with small brimmed hats, by the way. A special r- variation is a rollable, fold away, or crushable fedora. That sounds handy. Maybe that's, uh, I just don't know if it covers your ears. Uh, the, uh, the, the term fedora is in use, it started in use in 1891. Its popularity eventually soared when it eclipsed the similar-looking Homburg, H-O-M-B-U-R-G. It comes from a 1882 play, Fedora, which was written for Sarah Bernhardt uh, and first performed in the United States in 1889. Uh, Bernhardt played uh, Princess Fedora Romazov, the heroine of the play. Oh, and she was, like, uh, during the play, uh, she wore a center-creased soft-brim hat. Uh, Prince of Wales took on the thing in 1924. 
and uh, they, you know, the prohibition, they were cool with uh, people running, uh, running bootlegging. Uh, Tom Landry is another one uh, who wore a fedora. Indiana Jones. This is, uh, it is Vice refers to the early 2000s as a fedora renaissance. Yeah, see, I said uh, Jay Timberlake. Also, uh, they say Johnny Depp and Pete Doherty. Uh, but by 2016, it uh, is, you know, no longer. Uh, so, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about fedoras. You know, if you have stack and fedoras, I'd say hold it. It'll come back. Like, don't sell it. Uh, like, hold on to that stack. What about Cannonball Run 2? Was that the first Cannonball Run movie I saw or not? Because uh, it wasn't Cannonball Run 1. I think it was Cannonball Run 2. And I saw that on HBO as a kid, and it definitely, uh, I didn't see Cannonball Run till I was probably like in my, like, uh, like 18 to 22. But it, Cannonball Run 2 is a, a 1984 American comedy starring Burt Reynolds in an all star cast, uh, set around a cross country race. It was the last of the formula comedies for Reynolds. It also had, uh, Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. Uh, as long as also Sammy Davis Jr. and Shirley MacLaine. So it was a final on-screen appearance of the Rat Pack team. Uh, Jamie Farr was in it, uh, Ricardo Montalban. Uh, some, you know, and I said, well, this is an 80s movie. Not exactly open-minded, I think, uh. Uh, they have like a, like a mad scientist and then JJ, Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise, uh, racing. And, uh, let's see. Then you have Dean Martin and, uh, Sammy Davis, Charles Nelson Riley's in it. Uh, Telly Savalas. So, wow. It really is like, uh, Mary Lou Hanner. Uh, as we said, Shirley McLean, Jackie Chan. Uh, it kind of plays like a spy-like character. Um, who we have here? Susan Anton, Catherine Bach, uh, Mel Tillis and Tony Danza, an orangutan, uh, Tim Conway and Don Knotts, uh, Jim Neighbors, uh, so Alex Rocco, Abe Vigoda, holy moly. And uh, who else? Anybody else? Uh, but basically, it's a cross-country race. Uh, let's see how the box office was. Opening weekend, $8.3 million. Uh, 32nd most popular 1984 film. Lifetime gross at $28 million. Ha- took in half the takings of the first movie. Uh, only a 14% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's probably a good Saturday afternoon movie. Uh, Roger Ebert gave it a half star out of four. So maybe not. I mean, maybe you have to see it when you're a little kid. Uh, Gene Siskel also gave it a, uh, uh, said it gave movies a bad name. And he said it was his least favorite film he saw during his time on at the movies with Ebert. So, wow, it got the Golden Raspberry Award. So I guess it didn't do very good. I guess it, it like in my memory it has, a, but I haven't seen the movie in a long time. But it was the first Cannonball Run movie I saw. Though I guess when I went back to Cannonball Run, we were watching like like we would uh, be be you know 
doing things and watching Cannonball Run and then the movie where Burt Reynolds was like a, I think Hooper, I think it was called. Uh, what about BMX bikes? So that also came up in a, originally denoting a bicycle intended for BMX racing. The term BMX bike is now used to encompass race bikes. Uh, those used for dirt, vert, park, street, flatland, and all BMX disciplines of BMX. Uh, BMX frames are made of different types of steel, aluminum. Uh, the cheaper low-end bikes are usually made from steel. High-end bikes are chrome, chromoly or high-tensile steel. All those can be ha- uh, heavy. So high-performance bikes are usually lightweight chromoly. Uh, the introduction and widespread popularity of the cassette hub uh, ushered in the small gear, the use of smaller gearing on BMX bikes instead of the old 4416 gearing on older bikes. They now use uh, gearing 3313, 12, 11, 2810, and other ones, uh, all of which have gear ratios of 2.8 to 1. About uh, advantages of smaller gearing include lighter weight, more clearance when grinding. Uh, freestyle hub is all extinct due to several factors. Uh, the smallest free, freestyle wheels can be made is with eight teeth, and they're less consistent than cassette hubs. And most uh, freestyle street and park BMX bikes have 36 spokes. Race bikes also have 36 spokes. But the smallest racers, like little kids, uh, can ride bikes with 18 or 28 spokes. Uh, some people going hardcore might want up to 48 spokes, uh, but those are becoming difficult to source, according to Wikipedia here. Let's get in the history, though. BMX started in the 70s when children became, just like a lot of great things, uh, and uh, kids started racing in Southern California on dirt tracks. Uh, Drawing inspiration from motocross superstars. Uh, the size and availability of the Schwinn Stingray made it the natural bike of choice, since they were easily customized for better handling and performance. And it became a phenomenon by the mid 70s. Uh, children were racing bikes uh, off road, uh, especially built tracks in California. Uh, the 1972 motorcycle racing documentary on any Sunday, it could have inspired the movement because uh, its opening scene shows kids riding Schwinn, Schwinn Stingrays off-road. George Esser founded the National Bicycle League as a nonprofit motocross uh, sanctioning organization in '74. Uh, and uh, then they also promoted motorcycle racing, too. Uh, but they, you know, the, with their kids, they enjoyed BMX racing and, uh, they didn't have, uh, the absence of the presence of the National Bicycle Association prompted George to start the NBL in Florida. This is exciting stuff. 1977, the ABA was American Bicycle Association was, uh, organized by naturals. Okay. So that's probably enough about BMX. It started in uh, Southern California where, you know, that's where all the cool stuff starts. Here's something I don't, I never knew the answer to. What does a caboose do? I mean, I lived my life and, you know, I know, I love the word caboose. You know, it's a beautiful word. It's something you're always looking for as a kid. 
You expect it to be red. It doesn't always red. But what does a caboose do? I did not know. So it's a miracle of this podcast. Maybe I'll even remember. A caboose is a manned North American rail car coupled at the end of a freight train. They provide shelter for the crew at the end of the train who are long required uh, for switching, shunting, uh, keeping a lookout for load shifting, equipment damage, uh, you know, overheating axles. Uh, originally, flat cars fitted with cabins or modified boxcars. Later, they became pers- purpose-built with projections above or to the sides of the car uh, to allow the crew to lean out and observe the train from shelter. Uh, also served as the conductor's office and on long routes included accommodation and cooking facilities. A similar railroad car design, the brake van, was used in British and Commonwealth trains. And now there they probably had better you know, regulations because it also served the function as supplemental braking systems for trains not fitted with the continuous braking systems and keeping chain couplings taut. Uh, they were used on every freight train until the 80s. Uh, oh, yeah, cabooses were used on every freight train until the 1980s when safety laws requiring the presence of cabooses and full crews were relaxed. What a ripoff. Uh, people who had to work on a train now without a caboose. Yeah, developments in modern, uh, you know, other stuff uh, nowadays are only used on this man, you know, holy cow, that's uh, that stinks. Uh, use of cabooses started in the 1830s when railroads housed trainmen in shanties built onto black boxcars or flat cars. Uh, but the caboose provided the train crew with shelter at the rear of the train. They could exit the train for switching or to protect the rear of the train when stopped. Uh, they could also check the train, as we said. Uh, so there's a little bit about cabooses. And uh, I guess when, when a child asks, Papa, what happened to cabooses, you could say, it was a bunch of jabronis that had to, that's what happened to the cabooses, which was a term used here. And uh, according to the Wiccan, Wiccanictionary, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson uses used to use the term a lot. Uh, uh, it's a rendition of the wrestling term jobber, uh, who loses to make one of the wrestlers, other wrestlers, look better. It had been used in the past. So that's where it comes from. Uh, a performer whose primary role is to lose uh, to establish a talent. So I guess it wouldn't be a jabroni that got rid of the cabooses because that would mean, uh, yeah. It'd be a jabroni that took credit say, well, I'm the one that got rid of cabooses. The scoots did. Uh, but now it just means somebody that doesn't win. So I guess we, we, we're the jabronis because we live in a world without cabooses, except, you know, when they're, there for just looking purposes. Okay, what about IQ? Really quick, uh, it, it, just to get, let's get some facts out here. It's a total score derived from several standardized tests, uh, the intelligence quotient. They say it assesses human t- intelligence. Uh, the abbreviation was co- co- coined by William Stern uh, in a 1912 book. It is typically obtained by dividing the person's mental age score after administering, administering, administering an intelligence test by their real age, and it's expressed in terms of years and months, resulting fractions multiplied by 100 to get the IQ score. 
if you could follow any of that, your IQ score is much higher than mine. Uh, it was just something about median raw score. Uh, they're estimates of intelligence, by the way. But I, I mean, I do, I, I do listen to a podcast by someone that has like a genius IQ, and he's a G. Like I'm like, I love listening to him. He's a genius analytically, uh, and just he, he also has like a general intelligence and interest and curiosity about the world. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about it. Uh, there's a lot more. Uh, to dig into, but uh, I just wanted to say, what was it? Uh, okay, so Jamaica, uh, that's how I pronounce it, which is uh, J-A-M-A-I-C-A, um, which I get to, like I said, I was if you listen to this podcast a lot, I was lucky enough to spend a year in East Los Angeles uh, at the tail end of the 90s working there, and it really got a... Oh, that went to Jabronis, so we could maybe we don't have that info. Uh, but Hamica, that's how I may be mispronouncing it, but that's how I thought I learned to. Uh, is uh, oh, I thought this was supposed to go to hibiscus tea. Let me look up hibiscus tea though in here. Oh, beverage, here we go. A tea made of hibiscus flowers is known by many names in the many countries around the world. It's served both hot and cold. Mike is usually served cold, known for its red color, tartness, and unique flavor. Uh, this is, has a high vitamin C content. Uh, it's known as basap in West Africa. Gul a khatmi, maybe in Urdu and Persian, and agua de Jamaica in Mexico and Central America, because uh, it's known as the flor de Jamaica. Or Hul in India, Roselle uh, uh, in Jamaica, Trinidad, in uh, Caribbean, it could be known as Sorel. Um, so just a cool drink made from hibiscus flowers. It's actually, it has just a very unique taste, uh, and I do enjoy it uh, ice cold. Speaking of spices, what about these Spice Girls? Uh, who, who are they that Tahani was talking about? Uh, well, they're an English pop group uh, from 1994. Holy mackerel. Melanie Brown, who played uh, uh, <laughs> S. Spice, uh, Melanie Chisholm, uh, Melanie Chisholm, uh, Sporty Spice, Emma Button, Baby Spice, and Jerry Hollywell, uh, Ginger Spice, and Victoria Beckham, Posh Spice. They signed to Virgin Records, uh, released their debut single, Wannabe, in 1996. Hit Number one hit in 37 countries. Uh, their debut album sold 31 million copies. Uh, follow-up album, Spice World, sold 20 million copies. They've sold 80 million records worldwide. Uh, one of the best-selling pop groups of all time. And the biggest British pop phenomenon since Beatlemania. Uh, among the high-profile acts in the 1990s, uh, uh, been called the most recognizable face of Cool Britannia in the 90s. Uh, they did a 2007-2008 reunion tour. They still have, like, uh, have a pop-cultural relevance, uh, whatever you say. They had a movie. They, they were coined the term girl power. I don't know if they coined it, but they popularized it. Uh, they made a movie, Spice World, uh, 
they're known for they, they're still making a lot of doing a lot of good things. Global grosses of the movie maybe five hundred to eight hundred million. Uh, they're mentees of Simon Fuller. Uh, they embrace merchandising and a regular feature in the global press. And uh, they, you know, it was an idea of like kind of competing with the popular boy bands uh, was what their formation was. So just, just a little bit about the Spice Girls. And then finally, let's clear up this macaroon. I, I mean, I don't know. There's So when I heard up until, I don't know, 10 years ago, I, when I thought of a macaroon, I thought of a coconut macaroon. And that is one of my favorite cookies. I don't consume a lot of them. Maybe like once every few years uh, is a macaroon, they're, they're like a coconut macaroon. But then at some point, you start seeing these fancy sandwich cookies, uh, uh, which are mac, which are spelled similarly. I thought they was the same word, but it turns out they're different. And they said, "What? Whence went my childhood?" Like, was there ever a coconut macaroon, or is that another thing I imagined before the podcast? And so then I Googled it, and actually Sherry's Berries, of all places, uh, has an article from 2016, March 29th. It says macaroon, M-A-C-A-R-O-N-S, versus macaroons, uh, M-A-C-A-R-O-O-N-S. What's the difference? And it says, do you know the difference between these two popular cookie types? And I said, nope. Uh, I know what the difference they look like is. And they say, once I start thinking about that delicious coconut cookie, I can't, like I said, well, the sandwich cookie's not for me. Aside from, according to this, aside from being delicious and similar in spelling, they're entirely different cookies. So hold the phone. Uh, so first off, a macaroon, which has two O's, is coconut-based, where a macaron, we'll just say, is meringue-based. The amount of difficulty, oh, here's to go, they get the, 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 here we go, the proletariat, yeah, yeah, whatever, I don't know who that is at the top or whatever, they got to throw this around. The amount of difficulty making them are extreme opposites. Uh, one will have you stressing in the kitchen for hours while the other can be whipped up in minutes. Uh, macarons, uh, okay, they even have how to spell it, uh, range in color and flavors in a, uh, uh, well, macaroon, roon, yeah, macaroon versus macaron. While they're both great to take to parties, you wouldn't take a macaroon to a French soiree. Well, excuse me, unless they like coconut, uh, know it all. <laughs> we got macaroon angst. Uh, still not sure what we mean. We break it down for you in our infographic. Uh, so the macaron with one O actually comes from the word macaroni. It's meringue-based. It usually has almond flour, egg whites, and sugar. And they were once uh, a single cookie recipe thought to have been brought from Italy to France uh, by Catherine de Medici. And they got an upgrade, upgrade from uh, a tasty upgrade and became the sandwich cookie we know and love today. I mean, I, I, I would love to have a macaron tree like at Tahani's place. But I just, if we could just come up with different, say, fancy sandwich cookies, I guess that doesn't do it either. But it's just too confusing for me. Because, like I said, I can't get coconut out of my mind. And they say, well, yeah, I could go for that coconut. That, uh... But, yeah, so what's in the macaron? Oh, no, macaron we're talking about now. 
That comes from the French word macaron, 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 grated coconut, egg whites, egg whites, and powdered sugar. Uh, there's many macaron or origin stories, but it's probably American twist on the French macaron. Uh, thanks to Indian imports in the 1800s, coconut became a hot item among bakers uh, and was used to. to uh, I, I guess how does how would a sandwich cookie? Okay, well, let's see the characteristics of a macaron. My phony, phony frone. Uh, FBI's tapping my telephone. A delicate, that's from, uh, that's a little flavor, flavor, by the way. Uh, phony, anyway, a delicate eggshell like crust with a meringue inner texture. It has a delicious filling of either ganache, buttercream, or fruit jam. Ratio the cookie to filling two to one, but don't overdo it, they say. It's not overly sweet, and there's a lot of varieties of colors and flavors. Man, they must not sell macaroons, because it really, they say, macaroon is a lumpy and dense texture for a homemade, chewy feel. Shredded coconut gives it its signature taste and texture. Extremely sweet, uh, you can also get uh, chocolate-dipped ones, lemon-flavored ones, squared ones. They only take 10 to 20 minutes to bake, but, uh, you know, those have love in them. I think they both probably do. Man, th- this article really is throwing these cookies. Uh, it says there are versions. They're crumbly and messy to eat uh, <laughs> for the macarons. Uh, it says it requires patience, skill, and practice. Uh the key step is called macaronage. I said, man, holy flavor, flavor. Uh, ground almonds and sugar are carefully folded in the meringue. And these aren't very aren't crumbly. They're easy and clean to eat. My rear end. Uh, I know when a marketer's written something. Uh, best enjoyed within a couple of days. Average cost per cookie, two fifty. Average cost of a macaroon, uh, one fifty. And they can last up to three months if frozen. Yeah, so that's a little bit about macaroons versus macarons. I mean, I guess you know where I fall. I mean, I'll eat a cookie. Did it say 250 a cookie versus a dollar cookie? No no chance of that. Uh, I don't think. I mean, that would mean if you made two dozen cookies uh, of the macaron, macaroons. Uh, no way, those costs. I'd, I'd say 40 cents a cookie for a macaroon. Now, macaroon, I bet you it's expensive because you need almond flour, egg, like uh, in that other meringue stuff. I don't even know how you make that. Don't you need to whip? Uh, I think to make a meringue, you got to whip, uh, you got to make uh, fluffy egg whites, right? So, I mean, I'll eat them and I probably would enjoy them because they do love almond. Anything with almond. I mean, maybe I'm a macaroon fan and a macaron fan. Who you say macaroon? I say macaron. Actually, no, we're talking about two different cookies. Uh, so let's call the whole thing off. Uh, anyway, just like a creamy folded cookie, I want you to gently rest uh, with your pillows nearby. And get comfortable and sink into bed, folding you, uh, you know, like like a meringue, puffy clouds uh, underneath you, soothing and comforting you as you drift off. Good nights. All right, I want to thank everybody over on YouTube, uh, Elena, Deborah, Stephen, 
Thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, Jamie, uh, Nolan, and Shay, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, Chris, Bose, and K O N, uh, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, K, Min, and Kyle, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, Polka, uh, F Rap, uh, F, uh, uh, and Euro, uh, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, J, Becca, and Vesna, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Ethan, uh, two, and Elizabeth, uh, thank you, thanks, and good night. Andrea, uh, Kel Bell, and Miss B, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, thanks, everybody, on uh, YouTube. Over on Twitter, I want to thank uh, Carrie. Uh, Cara and Lee, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, I want to thank uh, Sleep, uh, Charlie, and Aaron, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, Leticia, uh, JG, and uh, uh, Nyan, uh, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Racha, Carrie, and Joe, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Cardi, uh, Spectral, and Roberta, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, Tessa, uh, Jenny, and uh, Om Shadi, thank you. Om Shadiddle, uh, thank you, thanks, and good night. JS, uh, JS, uh, Texas back, and uh, Elizabeth, thank you, thanks, and good night. Graham, Martin, and Danny, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Abby, Ululu, and Nicola, thank you, thanks, and good night. Um, uh, Frey, uh, Rebecca, and Stephen, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Kai, Stacy, and Jelly Sack, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Dr. Revo, uh, Audrey, and uh, Posty, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Lab, Laura, and Megan, thanks, thanks, good night. Sally, Jay, and uh, Boreal, thank you, thanks, thanks, good night. Uh, uh, Muhammad, uh, Lisa, and Hannah, thank you, thanks, thanks, good night. Uh, Kay, uh, Susan, and uh, Newton Bean, thanks, thanks, good night. Uh, B. Kelly, uh, Paul B. and uh, Greater Boston, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Amelia, uh, Shailen, uh, and Gio, thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, Patricia, uh, Dan G., Icy Wiz, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Cinderella, and, uh, Valkyrie, and Jerry, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, the infamous Crismo Mystery Bard and uh, Julianne, thanks, thanks, good night. Rebecca, Alyssa, and Megal, Meg, Meg, uh, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Jay Harrison, Napoleon, and Tim, thanks, 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 and good night, thanks, good night, everybody.